and his mercy endures to all generations. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Ah, we love you, Jesus. How many love him this morning? Amen. That's about half of us. How many, how many love him this morning? How many are, are in love with Jesus? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I love the spirit of God that I feel in this sanctuary and in this church and in this worship. Praise God. There's nothing like the combined worship of God's people. Folks say, well, I can stay at home and I can listen to televangelists. You can't. And you shouldn't. And you shouldn't have anything to see televangelists on. Amen. But, but when you come to church and the corporate worship of the blood-washed multitude, hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says we come to the spirits of just men made perfect. The general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven amen there's something about the worship of god's people praise god amen 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 it's so wonderful to be with you again here in js and um, i'm going to jump right into the word of the lord um, i want you to turn with me to um, the book of the song of solomon chapter two and while you're turning there um, i am so glad that my wife and my children are able to be here with me during this this meeting with you all. And uh, my youngest son, Ben's turned 13 the other day. And uh, we had a big time. Thank you so much for, for making it special and having the 13th birthday uh, there. I mean, we had hot dogs and chili. And Brother Robinson and I got beat half to death by the young men on the basketball court. And it was just a great, great time of fellowship. Amen. Uh, Song of Solomon chapter 2 and can I read a few verses of scripture here Um, chapter 2 and verse 8 says the voice of my beloved behold he cometh leaping upon the mountains skipping upon the hills my beloved is like a roe or a young heart Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. Time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. O oh, my dove that art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs let me see thy countenance let me hear thy voice for sweet 
is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. Praise God. I can remember reading the Song of Solomon as a child and saying within myself, what in the world does that mean? But God has a way of speaking. And the Bible calls it the voice of my beloved. That's God's people. And they're saying, man, I hear his voice. And today I want to try to help some people hear his voice. Because God's talking to us. God's talking to us right now. And by the help of the Lord, I want to show you in this message today, the lover behind the lattice. I want to show you the lover behind the lattice. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, God's looking through to you. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I, I can remember reading this book, and it didn't make a lick of sense to me. I could understand Genesis. I enjoyed Genesis because it was linear. It was straight. It was, it was logical. Genesis is a historical account mostly, of God's people as they came came into his purpose. So I could understand Genesis. I enjoyed reading about the book of Judges because there I could read about Samson. I could, I could read about how he killed a thousand Philistines with a, with a jawbone. I could understand that. I could picture it. But when I started reading this, I would read things like the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. And in my 10-year-old mind, I saw a row of turtles on a log singing like a choir. I thought, well, that just don't make no sense. <laughs> it wasn't until I got older that I realized that the turtle wasn't a turtle. It's the turtle dove. But that didn't, still didn't help me too much. I just still didn't know what it meant. And then when I began to turn into a young man, and I began to notice girls, I found one dark-haired beauty upon which I fastened my affection. I began to woo her and talk sweet. For some reason, she married me. And it wasn't because of my understanding of the Song of Solomon. I'm going to give some advice to the young men. Do not try out Solomon's words. Because there is a language gap 
And so I tried it one day. And I spoke of how her teeth were like a flock of goats. And when I got to the part where her legs were like pillars of ivory, um, I realized it was not working. And I'm not getting the point across. So my journey into romance and love was cut short in the Song of Solomon. Different time, different frames of reference. Um, but if you're going to understand it, you have to, you have to come at it with a more mature mind that, that can see what, what, what is trying to be portrayed here. And what is being portrayed is God is showing us his relationship to us and our relationship to him. And he's using it from the perspective of two lovers that are young and are full of life, who love each other very much. And in God's world, that's his his people. They are his bride. And they love him. He loves us. I could, as I grew into an adult, I began to realize I like Genesis, I like Judges, but I love the Song of Solomon. Because there's stuff being said here that if you can see what he's really saying, it will blow your mind. Amen. Uh, there is a, there's, there's places in here that just take my breath away. I, for instance, the Bible, the Bible tells us that the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. And folks just skate right over the top of that and they don't know what is being said. And um, they don't. They don't quite get it, but I, I'll, I'll just tell you that, that when I was preparing to come into service this morning, I knew and I could feel that there, there's a vineyard here in Jayez. And it's not a vineyard that is filled with plantings uh, that are physical, but it's a planting that is spiritual. And they're right here in this sanctuary right now. And when people start saying that my God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. The spiritual man can smell the worship and the praise and the thanksgiving being given to God. And the vineyard gives a good smell. There's a worship, hallelujah, there's a praise, there's a a thanksgiving, amen. And, and, and like a man would stand on the edge of a vineyard and inhale the smell of the earth and inhale the smell of the bud and the greenery and the ripening on the vine. That's how Holy Ghost people feel when they walk in church. Amen. They, they come in the parking lot and they hear people worshiping and praising and glorifying God. I'm telling you, the vineyard gives a good smell. I came to praise him this morning. I I think the vineyard came to bear fruit. It came to testify that God is great and he's greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Worship and praise go up unto God and it gives a good smell. You start to see what is being said here. Um, And it takes somebody who will look for what is being said. 
Oftentimes, people come from circumstances that are very challenged. If you live in this world, you're going to face hurt. You're going to face pain. And what a good thing it is when you fall in love with the beloved. Um, I, I want to try to show you to him today. I, here, he addresses, he addresses people here. He, he's talking to people. Um, and you have to hear what the lover is saying. Because um, he says things, he speaks to his dove that is in the clefts of the rock. And they're in the secret places of the stairs. And you might not pay attention if you're not careful, but there are people hiding in rocks today. In the scripture, people would go when the enemy would come and they would barricade themselves in the rocks. They would go to caves. They would hide themselves. And, and there, are, there is a hiddenness there. There is a strength there. There is a getting away from it all there. And people are hiding this morning from hurts, from pains, from the past, from life, from difficulties. And you can't get them out with just any old means. But you have got to let them hear the voice of the beloved. And let them know there's nothing to be afraid of. I know that there's tough times. But, but the Bible says that the winter is past. And the spring has come. And, and the trees put forth their green branches. It's a good thing when you find out that there's life in God's church. Bad times are ending. Good times are coming because the Holy Ghost is in this place. There might be difficulties, but God's going to work it out. Um, and he, he talks about the secret places of the stairs. And I'm going to tell you that there are people that are... They have hidden passageways into their spirits. You don't know what they've been through, and they're hiding down in places. And they're not going to come up for just anybody. You've got, to, you've got to have the voice of the beloved. Amen. And when, when they hear that voice, they will come out. They will emerge. Uh, God has a way of talking. And I'm trying to reach people this morning. I'm trying to find your hidden staircase. I'm trying to find your hidden place where only you know where it's at. Only God knows where it's at. God knows how to open us up. Because the truth is, I don't want to stay locked up in the clefts of the rock. I don't want to stay locked up in a prison. I don't want to stay locked up in hatred or bitterness or regret or depression. But my dove, come out of the clefts of the rock. Because, because your countenance is comely and sweet is your voice. I'm going to find your staircase. I'm going to find that hidden passageway. And I'm going to open that door up. Because I want you to come out in the sunlight. The winter is gone. And the spring is here. I'm going to find where you're at. That's, that's what God is saying to his people. He's telling them to come out. Thy countenance is comely. And thy sweet is thy voice. I can remember, I can remember talking to people um, locked up. I would witness to people, and in witnessing to them, they looked at me with suspicion. Um, many times I would minister to people that came from an environment of verbal abuse and difficulty, great challenge and adversity. And 
they would be so locked up that they were almost deadpan. They couldn't allow emotion to be expressed because if they did, they might get hurt. You couldn't let the other person know what you're thinking. And they're locked up in the clefts of the rock. That's what that is. But the Bible says, sweet is thy voice. I wish, I wish I could convey the feeling that comes when I meet them stone-faced at their front door witnessing to them. And then after going through home Bible study and after talking to them about the grace of God, watching them grasp the truth of the oneness of God and the beauty of Jesus' name, baptism, and the power of being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I like it when God starts opening up their hidden place and they come to church and I see them as God begins to crack open the door of their spirit, revealing the secret places of the stairs. And they emerge cautiously, looking around, waiting on somebody to hurt them and then realizing nobody's going to hurt me because Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than the brother. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I don't have to be locked up anymore. And when the anointing of the Holy Ghost comes upon a person, the Bible says that it sets the captives free. It opens the prison to them that are bound and sets at liberty them that are bruised. And when they come in and they begin to worship God, they lift up their hands and they begin to glorify the beloved. Sweet is thy voice. As the hardness is erased from their eyes, the skepticism is removed from their spirit. The sarcasm is done away with. And they realize there is a lover of my soul and I can praise him. Hallelujah. I've come out of those places and I'm in the vineyard today. I'm giving praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come out from the clefts of the rock. My dove, my beloved, my undefiled. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear your voice for sweet is thy voice. I'm talking about somebody giving him praise. Somebody opening their spirit. Somebody saying, I'm not going to be locked up. I'm not going to be tied down. But I'm going to glorify my king, my savior. I'm going to come out of the dark place. And I'm coming into a light. Haven't you ever heard that we have come out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And that we might show forth his praises. Praise God. But most people don't know the voice of the beloved. They don't know it. They can't tell it. They can't see him. And so the writer said that he's like a row or a young heart. Sometimes when you read that old King James English, it's kind of tough to figure out what they're talking about. But if I told you he was a deer standing in the woods, there'd be some old boys that said, yeah, we know what that is. (laughs) Um, He's like a deer in the woods. And the idea behind that is camouflage. The idea behind that is hiddenness. I, I am amazed when I'm with hunters. Because hunters see things I don't see. We'll be, I'm not a hunter. 
I've never hunted. I need to hunt. They say I need to hunt. I try, hope, I pray. I don't shoot my own foot off, but I, I, I got to do that. They tell me men do that, so I guess I need to do that. Um, I tell them I can skin a catfish. Does that count? They say, no, no, you got to hunt. Um, we'll be driving down the road, and, and a hunter will slam on the brakes and exclaim loudly, did you see that? And I almost have a stroke. And what they have seen, sometimes in twilight, is eyeballs. They've seen things the average man doesn't see. They see turkeys. They see deer. They see whatever. And I'm looking. I can't see. I see trees. I see limbs. I see leaves. What are you talking about? But, but the idea is that looking through the foliage is the row, is the young heart. And my beloved is like that. He's looking through. He sees. He is speaking to. And then to further the idea, he says that he stands behind a wall. And he looks out at a window. And he shows himself through the lattice. And, and what that whole idea is conveying is that there is a hiddenness to God. God hides himself on purpose. Amen. He, he, is, he is disguised. He is camouflaged. He is hard to see and hard to discern. I made reference to it a week ago. I'm going to go a little deeper into it this morning and maybe a little deeper later on as we're here. We'll see what, what, how it goes. But I want to tell you that there is a purposeful camouflaging that God does. He doesn't want to be seen by the casual observer. God is not interested in those who are not interested. He doesn't reveal himself to the mildly curious. God's not interested in scratching your itch of curiosity. Pharaoh, or rather Herod, wanted to see a miracle because he had an itch to see something cool. And he brought Jesus in and he begged him to raise somebody from the dead or turn one of them lepers clean or do something Let me see it. And the Bible says that Jesus answered him not a word. He's not a monkey to dance around while you crank the organ. He doesn't put on a show. He's not here so that you can ooh and awe over him. If you're looking for a show, the Bible says that an evil and an adulterous generation seeketh for a sign. He's not interested in putting himself on Main Street just so he can benefit you and make you feel better and, and, and it cause you to say, wow, look at that. If you want that, Hollywood will do that for you, but not Jesus. Jesus, you've got to seek him. You've got to search for him. You've got to, if you ask, he will give it. If you seek, you will find it. If you knock, he will open unto you, but you're not going to find him 
Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says, they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. You're going to have to go a little deeper. You're going to have to search a little further. If you're going to find the invisible God. So he looks through lattice and he hides himself. He speaks in parables. They said, why do you speak in parables? And he said, because to you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are your eyes, for they see. And blessed are your ears, for they hear. But I speak to them in parables that seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. It's God's way of making sure only the righteous enter in. Hallelujah. If you went to hear Jesus and you didn't know of him, you heard of his miracles, you heard of his fame, you would go and you would hear him talk. And he would be talking about a shepherd who left the ninety and nine. And he went in search of the one. And being in a community of agriculture and raising livestock, people would identify with it. And the hypocrite, the mildly curious, would sit on the edges with arms folded, waiting to hear something interesting. And when they got home and their wife said, honey, how was it? The hypocrite would respond, oh, he's just talking about livestock. He's talking about sheep. I don't know what the big deal is. He's just talking about animals. Anybody can tell you about that. But there were people there that were hungry for a move of God. And that were thirsty for the good things of heaven. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And so they didn't hear a lesson on agriculture. They heard a lesson that there was a shepherd who came looking for the lost sheep. And that lost sheep is me. He's not talking about animals. He's talking about me. But you have to look through the lattice of the parable to see the God that's talking to you behind the lattice. You've got to look at him through the camouflage of the words. You've got to look through the poem. You've got to look through the story. You've got to look through the account because there's a God talking to you. He is my beloved. Do you hear his voice? He comes skipping upon the mountains and leaping upon the hills. You don't hear him, but I hear him. And he's talking to me. I've got to throw down my nets and follow him. I've got to forsake everything and follow him because I can hear his voice even if you can't. Ha! He doesn't reward casual seeker he doesn't reward the weekend warrior he's not a rewarder 
of them who let other people do their own thinking. But he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That take the time to look. That take the time to hear. When somebody sits down with a cup of coffee in one hand and a Bible in the other hand. They're not wasting their time. They're looking at the lattice and saying, where are you? I know you're somewhere around there. And see, the thing about the whole point of the lattice was you'll, you'll catch glimpses of him. You'll see just a, a flash of him. Hallelujah. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's just a quick fleeting glance. And he, he's looking at you, and you'll see just a little something, and it'll shock you. And it's the dim silhouette of the beloved behind the lattice. <laughs> oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I think this is why the Bible says that he would give us the word of God line upon line and precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little. Just, just a glimpse of a shoulder here, a glimpse of a profile here, just, just a, quick, a quick look at him. And I, I don't know about you, but I can see him in the scriptures. Hallelujah. I can see Jesus talking to me through the lattice. Amen. I, I, I don't know about you, but, but when I look at the Bible and I see things every once in a while, I just go, oh, hallelujah, I see that. When I see Abraham walk up, Uh, to the top of Moriah and Isaac looks at him and says dad here's the wood and here's the fire but where is the sacrifice when I hear Abraham look back at Isaac and say Isaac the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice hallelujah he could have said the Lord will himself provide a sacrifice but that's not what he said he said the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice it doesn't mean he himself is going to give the sacrifice it means he himself is going to be the sacrifice God is going to come down to earth and provide himself now I, I know you might not see it but I see the edges of Jesus I see the corner of it I, I hear a little <laughs> there's a little glimpse of the king of kings and the lord of Lord said, I'm going to come and I that old prophet chose his words under the unction of the Holy Ghost because he was seeing a glimpse of something that other men did not see my now you might see a picture see that's the thing you can get caught up in the You can get caught up in the story. You can get caught up in the lattice. You can get caught up in the camouflage of the Old Testament to where you don't see the deer behind it. You don't see the lover behind the lattice. But if you look at Abraham and Isaac and you see the knife, hallelujah, you might see a story of that's to be told in Sunday school, but man, all I can see when I look is is a father offering his only begotten son. <laughs> That's what I see. I, and and I, I'm sometimes, you know, I just read it and I can just see things in there. I just the edges of his word. 
Um, yeah, like, like I, I, I read where, where he offers him up. And when I, when I read it, I read into my mind flashes. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Um, if I took enough time to show you, uh, if I had the time, I would try to show you where that knife isn't just a knife, but I see that knife coming down on top of Isaac. And there is a message of judgment that, that is coming down. And that knife isn't just a knife, but I believe that knife represents the word of God. You might see a knife, but I see the word of God. And let me tell you why I see the word of God. Because the word of God is quick. And it's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I see God the Father bringing judgment down upon this world through his word. I see it because when I see the book of Revelation, I see Jesus Christ coming back and he fights against Gog and Magog. And there's a sharp two-edged sword that proceeds out of his mouth. I see it because we're supposed to take up the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. And the Bible says we're supposed to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I see it coming down upon us. But that's just what I see behind the lattice. I see Isaac. I see Jesus. But not only do I see that, I see you and me. Because we're bound. When I go to knock on somebody's door and tell them about Jesus, I have to tell them there's there's a father. And there is a judgment coming down. And you are bound on that altar. Judgment is coming. Every man of God has to preach. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. From Noah uh, over to good old Lot. You got to get out because judgment is coming. That knife is coming down. The wages of sin is death. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Judgment is coming. It's going to come down and you've got to be set free. Hallelujah. But when I see the picture, not only do I see judgment coming, but I also see that God has provided a substitute in the bushes. I see Jesus ready to give his life, the the ram caught by his thorns, and he's going to take my place. Amen. I see it there in that story. It's not just a story. Don't get caught up in the lattice. You need to see the story behind the lattice that lets you know that God will make a way. Even though you're bound, even though you're tied up, even though you're about to die and judgment is coming, God has made a way. There is a ram in the thicket and his name. Now, I know you might just see a ram, but honey, I can't help it. I see Jesus. I see a Savior. I see a substitute I see a redeemer and his blood is going to wash me and and the same knife that was judging me can cut me free and set me free and deliver me and my God somebody needs to hear me I'm trying to get you to see through the lattice and let you know that there there's a lover who looks through at you And he just wants you to hear his voice. Because my beloved stands behind the lattice. He looks out. 
and he sees me. Hallelujah. Huh. Praise God. Is this all right? I, I can't, I can't help it. I look, I look at the scripture. I look at the stories. And to the uninitiated, to the casual observer, it's just stories. Looking closer, I can see the figure of Jesus. I think, I think he wants to make himself known to us. Amen. If you stare at the story of Joseph long enough, it's going to stop being just a story. And you're going to see that there's a lattice work there and there's, there's a lover behind that lattice. There's one who would speak to you behind that lattice. Because if you stare at it long enough, you're going to find out that it's really about a father sending a beloved son to unbelieving brethren. He puts his coat on him and he's favored above everybody else. Now, when you read that, you should read that he came unto his own and his own received him not. Amen. He, when he came, the light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. And, and there's a father who sends a beloved son to his unbelieving brethren. And he tells them that he's going to be their king. He tells them that they're going to bow down before him. He tells them things that God has showed him. And they don't believe his witness. And if you can't see the, the, the figure behind the lattice from that, maybe you'll see it when his brothers sell him for 20 pieces of silver. Read it. It's in there. They sold Joseph for 20 pieces of silver. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look over the scriptures and see where Judas began to receive money from Pharisees as he sold out his brother for 30 pieces of silver. Hallelujah. Joseph was betrayed into the hands of Egyptians, but Jesus was betrayed into the hands of Romans. But it's the same figure. It's the same shape. It's the same image behind the story. Hallelujah. He gets into Egypt and he is falsely accused, though all he did was good. All he did was righteousness. And it shouldn't be too much of a stretch for you to hear Jesus as he looks at them and says, For which good work do you stone me? As he healed the sick and he raised the dead and he opened the deaf ear and the lame walked. Hallelujah. But yet they falsely accused him. Amen. It, it shouldn't be too hard to see that Joseph was cast into prison because of false accusation as the innocent goes into prison. And I could sit here and preach an entire message on the fact that Jesus was put into prison. I don't mean a prison of bars, but the Bible says that he went and preached to the spirits in prison. 
I'm not talking about a prison of steel and concrete and mortar, but I'm talking about a prison of the spirit. I'm talking about the grave. I'm talking about death and hell. And they put Jesus in the prison that holds men bound, that holds men and women captive and has locked up every man and woman that has ever lived on this earth. Hallelujah. But they pulled Joseph up out of that prison and he came in to sit on the right hand of Pharaoh. Listen to me. Jesus came up out of that prison and he said all power in heaven and earth is given unto me hallelujah go you therefore and he sits on the right hand of the majesty of the king of heaven you've got to see the picture you've got to see the image you've got to see the silhouette you've got to see the likeness of it I don't think it stops there I think it keeps on going. I think there's even a prophetic dimension to that story. Because the Bible says that Jesus, rather Joseph, it's easy to get him confused when you see behind the lattice. I can see Joseph saving the Gentiles. Jesus has been saving Gentiles for nigh unto 2,000 years now. And us, the Egyptians, we are reaping the benefits of the one who was betrayed. We've benefited from his wisdom. We've benefited from his power. America is called the breadbasket of the world. There's a reason why America is blessed because based upon Christian principle, it leapt past communism. It leapt past dictatorships. It became a blessed nation because we received the training from the betrayed one. We have heard things that other people haven't heard. We know things other people don't know. And there's a blessing that has been in the past upon the people of America as the Egyptians get the blessing and the corn and the wheat that Joseph slash Jesus gave us. Amen. But, 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 but don't take my word for it. The, the history bears it out. I believe that eventually the ones who betrayed him are going to come back. I believe that there is going to be a revival among the Jewish people. Where God pours out his spirit upon them as they come to Jesus and they have to humble themselves because it's going to be so bad that they have got to receive his life-giving wisdom and power. Amen. Right now, you see Israel working hand-in-hand with the United States. You see them brushing shoulders uh, with, with, with America. What they're doing is they are talking to, to the influence that can save them. They, those brothers did not recognize Joseph at first. They didn't know who they were talking to. They didn't realize that the blessing came from the one they betrayed. Amen. And right now, Israel can't see who it is that's really... Right now, they think it's just politicians. They think it's just governments. They think it's just social programs. But I'm telling you, there is a Savior behind that. And, and one day, Jesus is going to reveal himself to his brethren. Hallelujah. One day, I, I, believe, I believe the Jews have a hard time seeing Jesus because he's covered up. Amen. Joseph was covered up with makeup and headdresses and, and different Egyptian uh, ornaments and whatever. And, and America has done a bad job of trying to 
um, make Jesus Egyptian. We've tried to cover up his message. We've tr- and, and it's hard to see him through the Trinity. And it's hard to see him through the false Christianity. And it's hard to see him through all the trash that people have heaped on him through the years. But I believe that when Joseph washed his face and took his headdress off, he said, I'm the brother that you sold out all those years ago. I believe that one day Jesus is going to wash the Trinity off his face and he's going to pull the American cultural stuff off of his face and say, I'm the God of Israel. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You sold me out 2,000 years ago. And you meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. And I'm the Savior. And I'm the Deliverer. And I, oh, I'm telling you, you got to look through the lattice. And you got to see the Savior. Come on, somebody. I want you to see him. I want you to recognize him. I want you to hear him because he comes skipping upon the mountains and upon the hills. It's the voice of my beloved. Oh, hallelujah. You got to take a peek behind the lattice and you got to say, I want to see you. I want to know you. I don't want to stay locked up in this place. Now listen, I can't backslide. I've already had a look behind the lattice and I saw him. He got You can't tell me that there's three gods. I've already looked behind the lattice. And there's only one God. Hallelujah. I, I, I saw glimpses of him. Here a little and there a little. But if you look long enough, you'll see him. If you stick around long enough, you'll see him. Listen, if you can be persuaded by one verse, you're not going to make heaven. If you take a quick glance at the lattice, all you're going to see is the camouflage. But if you look at it and you study it, and you have you ever read where the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a woman that lost a coin and she swept her house? She did not sweep her house casually. She did not sweep her house uh, temporarily. She didn't give a cursory examination. But the Bible says that she swept her house diligently hallelujah I've got to find it Uh, not finding it is not an option I can remember one time when I was younger I was I was poor somebody said I wasn't poor I was poor and we had lost a hundred dollar bill And that $100 bill would pay for groceries, would pay for formula, would pay for diapers. And not finding the $100 bill was not an option. I knew I had set it on the dresser. I knew that it could not have grown legs and walked out. So what I did was I slammed the door. I said, nobody's leaving. It is somewhere in here and we will turn over every piece of furniture we will look behind every corner we will lift up everything we have 
And here's, here's the time frame. Until we find it. Not five minutes, not ten minutes, not twenty minutes, not an hour. Uh-uh. You stay until you find it. You know how long you seek for the Holy Ghost? Until you find it. You know how long you seek for truth? Well, I didn't hear it the first message. I didn't hear it. No, well. Let me tell you something. Everybody, everybody takes the same amount of time to get the Holy Ghost in God's kingdom. But God doesn't look at things like us. Amen. We look at things by percentages and by degrees. Uh, but Jesus looks at things different. It's the kind of a thing that a rich man can throw in out of his abundance. But a widow woman can throw in all that she has. And Jesus says she gave more. I'm telling you, it might take you 10 minutes to get the Holy Ghost. Or it might take you 25 years to get the Holy Ghost. But in God's eyes, the time frame is the same. Until you find it. You diligently search it. You don't leave. You don't quit. You keep on coming back. You keep on searching. Seeking it out. You keep on reading. You keep on praying. What are you doing? I'm sweeping my house. I'm sweeping my house. I gotta find it. It's not an option. It's not something I can take lightly. Ah, I'm telling you, you gotta keep at it until. Don't you quit. Don't you go home. Don't you say you can't. Because if you give up, you'll never have him. Come on. Is anybody hearing his voice? I'm, I'm talking about the voice of the beloved. I'm talking about the one. He comes skipping upon the mountains, leaping upon the hills. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on out from the cliffs of the rock, my dove. The secret places of the stairs. God uses it to pull people out. He uses it to reach down and grab a hold of people and pull them out. Let me see your countenance and let me hear your voice. This is the beloved. This is how he operates. If, if, if listening to the preacher down the street's good enough for me, you know, some people, some people are just satisfied with somebody telling them they're okay. If hearing from your parents that you're okay is good enough for you, you're never going to see behind the lattice. But if you'll get it here a little and there a little, you ever, you ever read where, the, where Paul said, we look through a glass darkly? And he says, we prophesy in part, and we know in part. <laughs> That's just the little squares that you see through the lattice. You'll hear a little sliver of it in preaching from a, from a pastor. And then an evangelist will come along and fill in another hole. And, and you'll start to get a clearer glimpse of the lover who is speaking to you behind the lattice. And God will begin to reveal his purpose unto you. Now the Bible says one day we will know him and we will see him as he is. But right now through preaching and through prayer and through the word of God, he begins to show you in part 
parts of his ways. You begin to learn about him, and, and the diligent searcher will find him. Amen. Once you've sat under apostolic preaching, you can't settle for false doctrine. No, sir. No, sir. Something's not right. I've seen a little bit too much. I know a little bit too much. You can tell a man doesn't know what he's talking about if he preaches long enough. The words aren't right. They don't sound right. He's using words that the shepherd never used. I've read the Bible too long. And I, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm falling in love with the beloved. He's talking to me and I'm talking to him. And when I pray, I'm not hearing the voice that's coming across that pulpit. I'm not going to listen to the false prophet any longer. I've got to have apostolic preaching. I've got to have Jesus name preaching I've got to have one God preaching It's revealing Jesus to me It's manifesting Jesus to me I can't go to another when I've seen too much If Matthew 28, 19 is good enough for you The Bible says you will see and you will not perceive and you will hear, and you will not perceive. You will not understand. But if you care enough to go here a little and there a little, then you'll get it. You'll find out that we are to be baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You'll find out that you're baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins as you look at Acts 2.38. Thank you, Jesus. If you take enough time to look at the lattice, you'll see that there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The power isn't in the water. It's not in the man. It's in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, And and when you go to Acts 8, you'll find out that they were baptized in Jesus' name. If you care, if you'll sweep your house long enough, then you'll uncover Acts 10 where they were baptized in Jesus' name. If you sweep in the corners, you'll uncover Acts 19 where they rebaptized them in Jesus' name. If you look here a little and there a little, you'll go back to Matthew 28, 19 and realize that you're not baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And that name, brother, is Jesus Christ. There's power in that name. There's healing in that name. There's virtue in that name. There's overcoming in that name. There's dominion in that name. All power in heaven and earth is given unto him. Hallelujah. He didn't say all power in heaven and earth is given unto them. He said all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. When Paul taught the church at Rome, he said in Colossians, he taught Colossians, the Colossians this too. He said that we would be buried in baptism, by baptism into death. He says we would be buried with him. Oh, man. See, once you start reading it, that little pronoun jumps off the page. 
You skip over it when you don't know the word of God, when you don't care to sweep the corners and uncover the coin. But when you're reading it and you know that Jesus is the name of the Father and it is the name of the Son and it is the Holy Ghost, you'll recognize that we're not baptized unto them, but we're baptized unto Him. Hallelujah. This, this is the beloved that speaks. I'm going to close in just a moment, but I, there's a hearing his voice that happens. There is a listening to his voice. And I can't help but fall in love with him more and more every day. Young man, young lady, you won't backslide if you'll take the time to look behind the lattice. Elder, saint of God, listen, people will do bad things, they will do wrong things, and you can grow bitter, and you can backslide, and you can lose out with God, but you won't if you look behind the lattice. The, 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 the workings of men, the hypocrisies of men, the mistakes of men will lock you out of heaven, but if you can see the God behind the man... If you can see the God behind the working, you realize it's about him. It's not about anything else. People make mistakes, but God doesn't make mistakes. Hallelujah. I'm looking for him. I'm feeling after him. You know, Brother Robinson, I hear hear songs today. and, 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 And if we're not careful, we can follow a different voice than the voice of the beloved. There's, there's, there's voices today that, that are filled with pride and are, are filled with, with taking our ease. And, and, and there's, a, there's a selfish motive behind it. And, and, and when I hear some songs today, sometimes I feel like the, the, the words and the voice behind those songs is saying, get what you can while you can because we're going to be blessed down here. A lot of the songs, a lot, a lot there's, there's prosperity preaching that tells you that you're going to be blessed down here. Um, you're going to have money down here. And you know what? I believe that God blesses down here. I believe that there's Abrahamic promise. There's nothing wrong with that. But my home's not down here. Amen. My, I'm, I'm not. The Bible says lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. Where moth and rust don't corrupt. Where thieves don't break through and steal. And, and sometimes I hear preaching and, and they're, they're saying things like get your blessing. You are blessed. You, you are great. And it, it builds up self. You get a, a generation of people who are not humble, who are not broken, who are not submitted to God, and who are not following the voice of the beloved. The voice of the beloved did not say, sit down and relax because we're going to be here a while. It said, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. I'm not building a kingdom down here. I'm building a kingdom over there. Amen. And some glad morning... When this life is o'er, I'll fly away. I'm not trying to build a kingdom. I'm trying to get ready for the rapture. I'm trying to get ready to see Jesus. I'm trying to put my house in order. That's what the beloved is saying. This world is not my home. I am just passing through because my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. That's what the old timers saying. Didn't you know that the angels beckon me from heaven's open door? Now you might feel at home, but I can't feel at home in this world anymore because I have a beloved I have a lover I have somebody that's going to take me out of this 
Somebody lift your hands. Hallelujah. Somebody stand with me. Somebody lift your voice to him. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Come away. Come away. Don't get comfortable down here. Don't build your mansion down here, but come away with me. Come away with me, my love, my fair one. Oh, somebody lift your hands and talk to him today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You hear that? That's the praises of of his beloved. The vineyard is giving forth a good smell right now. The vineyard is giving forth a good smell right now. Come on out of the clefts of the rock. Come on. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands. There's no need to hide in here today. There's no need to lock yourself away. There's no need to barricade yourself. Oh, God is opening up the secret places of the stairs. And he wants to draw you out. He wants to pull you out. He wants to minister to your heart. I see him. I want to open this altar right now. I want to know if there's somebody that hears the voice of your beloved right now. Come with your hands lifted. Come with your heart raised. Come with your spirit open. That's his voice. That's he's the one behind the lattice. He's like he's like a row. He's like he's like a, a young heart. Camouflaged behind the parable and camouflaged behind the story. He looks out at you and he sees you and he speaks to he's speaking to you through that story he's speaking to you through that parable he's speaking to you through that preacher he's speaking to you to you through the song he's speaking to you through the word of god but you have to look behind it don't be so busy that you can't hear it don't you be so busy that you can't hear the voice of your beloved come on young man put down your iPhone and listen for his voice because stepping upon the mountains and leaping upon the hills it's all about you it's all about you 